I used to do lots of things. Next up in our installment of Ben and Joe review a movie that's been out for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's all right. It, it's in the past year. It's in the past movie year. Um, and I feel like this is the time of year where a lot of people, maybe it's just me, a lot of people being myself, <laughs> catch up on movies from the year. Uh, I mean, they definitely do for Oscar noms. Now, I don't yeah. think Bo's Afraid has been nominated for any Oscars, has it? Not that nothing, I know of now. Nothing big, you know, none of the big categories. No. Stuff sneaks in for other things I don't really care about. Yeah. Um, this, this hurts, Joe. This sucks. Because Joaquin Phoenix, I'm not just like, he likely is my favorite actor. If it was like, gun to your head, you had to pick one. Yeah. He's my favorite actor. Ari Aster, one of my favorite directors. Um, I know he doesn't have as much of a, um, like a catalog yet. But I, he's he's part of that like highbrow horror, which I love. I also love lowbrow horror, um, yeah. as of horror in general. But uh, and it has actresses. I love Patty Lapone. I'm a huge Les Misérables fan, and she famously played um, uh, Fantine and Les Misérables on the stage. And uh, I, uh, I forget his name. His last name's Henderson. He has like a three name. He's the therapist in it. He's a great actor. He's in Fences. I like a lot. Um, uh i think her name's amy ryan who's from the office like uh, oh and nathan lane of course that like this movie has great actors a great director and is a steaming piece of shit like this movie sucks i hated this movie i'm trying to swear less but the last yeah. line of my review is i fucking hated this movie yeah um and i'm not exaggerating when i say that i was i was angry uh, I have this, I believe in the rule from, uh, I, I didn't make this up, so I want to take credit for it, but um, everyone gets one TV in their life that they're allowed to smash. Like you get one. Um, yeah. Usually that's reserved for sports. That's from part of my take sports podcast. So whenever you see a fan of a football team or base or whatever it is, smash a TV, it's like, hey, everybody gets one. That's the right. one. They get right. one. So I was saving that for like a Mets game or something. Mets World Series game, maybe a Saints game. Yeah. Um, I wanted to use it on this movie. Really? I wanted to smash my TV. I hated this yeah. movie. Um, it is three hours long. It doesn't, I, I mean, it's so in your, like I, I put Kafka esque in question, like, like yeah. question mark in my notes while I'm making it. It's like, it ends. I'm, I'm spoiling this movie. It ends with a goddamn trial yeah. on nothing. Like that yeah. is, that's not even Kafka esque. It's derivative of the trial, the novel mm -hmm. by Kafka, right. where the term comes from. Right. Where it's like you're being persecuted for something you don't understand. That is so on the nose that it's like i mean i expect better yeah. um it starts out really cool uh he's living in uh like urban hellscape which is basically just like new york city or la yeah um, but it's supposed to be a made-up hellscape i mean it's probably not that far off from real life right which is which is sad um but it's supposed to be exaggerated you know people just getting stabbed on the street and carnage and chaos and the cops like you go to ask the cop for help and he's like don't make me do it he's like shoots at you like, everything is in disarray yeah. um and but the thing about this movie is there's never that moment where it's like oh i had another note in my notes i was like oh is it all in his head like there's never that 
totem or that um, that moment where it's like, okay, there's uh, any like levity or anything. It is merely just if I heard him say what one more time, like like a wounded animal. He's just like what? Like right. I was gonna lose my goddamn mind because right. um, there's nothing. I compared this to torture porn. Like there's nothing. I'd like less in a movie than someone who's just completely helpless. Like right. you can, we can make our protagonist struggle and they should, and even fail and even die and all of those things. Yeah. But there was never any sort of like, he has some goal to achieve. He can make some decision right. that would change his path. It was just torturing this man for three hours straight. Right. And, and physically torturing him physically, torturing him mentally, like, this obviously is a movie. I mean, if you thought the Fablemans was about mommy issues, I mean, that's what this movie is. This movie's yeah. about mommy issues. So it has a giant penis monster, which I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like after all yeah. of that is a giant penis monster. Right. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe do you have a different take on this? Yeah, I, I mostly enjoyed it. Um, well, that's wrong. So I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Well, this is coming from a guy who thinks that a, a neon pink movie about a doll and a patriarchy was good. So I don't know. Exactly. Oh, Barbie? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought, but I thought Barbie was good. No, no, but hold on. To defend Barbie, first of all, I, I liked it a lot. I didn't like love it. I didn't, yeah. I don't think it should win any Oscars really, except yeah. for like Ryan Gosling was legitimately funny. He yeah. had an actual arc and like, like, yeah, I thought Barbie, like I thought it looked cool. Yeah, it was super cringe, some yeah. of it. Don't get me wrong. Like politically, yeah. it was super cringe. Yeah. Um, I don't think I actually think it uh you know, the some of the lessons it was trying to teach it did the opposite. There have been arguments that Barbie's a very conservative movie, but that aside, like right. yes, I like Barbie because it had redeeming qualities like mm -hmm. Ryan Gosling's performance, which right. was actually great and had good comedy, and it was absurd, but like like what qualities did you like about Bo is Afraid? Well, uh, for starters, I think uh, to me it was very David Lynchian in in some ways, where it there it, it pays no attention to sort of classical storytelling techniques. Um, so for me, it was like I'm just letting this movie wash over me. I'm not trying to understand it or pick it apart, um, or kind of like understand like you know what like what's what's the the character's arc. Somebody said in, in a review, and and maybe you know th th this would have you know, made me appreciate it more, but somebody said that's a very, so, so, so Ari Aster is Jewish. Somebody says it's a very like, you know, Jewish guilt movie. Yeah. yeah um, of course. Like it's his, the, the, I believe, I mean, there, I'm going to make an assumption here. His last name is Wasserman in it. Yeah. Like, I don't think they ever light a menorah or anything, but let's assume that he's Jewish in it. Yeah. I mean, there is the whole, like, um, what is it? Uh, not that it's a Jewish thing in America, but circumcision. That's like a much bigger part of Jewish culture. Where yeah. in America, a lot of people are circumcised. In Europe, it actually is a much bigger issue. It's like there's this weird schism between the like, Jews and Muslims on the same side, and right. that the Europeans or the Christian, not you know, secular Europeans are not for. But anyway, um, maybe that's a penis thing to do with it. I, I've read it's like about like emasculation and castration. Is that yeah? Maybe. Uh, I I don't know if. Uh, I know very little about Jewish culture. I don't know if there's something about like the domineering Jewish mother, there, the smothering oh, Jewish mother. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm from a very Jewish area. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's also there's also a lot of parallels between them and like Italian mothers. Right. Like, right. Um, uh, you can definitely see that. I don't have an Italian mother. Um, she said, yeah. "You're lucky that I'm not Italian." Uh, but <laughs> but uh, 
um, there is like there's a lot of overlap there there between right. like Jewish mothers and Italian mothers. And I would I think also like um, Latina mother Latina mothers in a way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where it's very much the oldest boy, but I don't get that. Like the stereotypes are the oldest boys can get away with whatever. They're very nurtured. It's the yeah. the women who are treated like shit. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I mean, you, like you know, you you have a Latina mother. Um, I mean, those are the stereotypes, and I have yeah, dealt yeah. with that in, in some other ways where it's like the boys sure. can be total fuck ups, and yeah. they're the, the princes, especially the oldest boy, yeah. um, where the the girls are treated like crap. Um, yeah. But anyway, so, so yeah, the Jewish side of it is very similar. Yeah. So um, uh, I mostly like because I it, it was something where I could just like um, and, 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 and I don't know if uh, I, I even watched some interviews with Ari Aster and, he, and he's been very reluctant uh, and, and I think mm. uh, rightfully so to explain the movie um, to what, like what it's about. And so I actually like that. We're just sort of like, OK, it's just a bunch of like I, I think maybe this Ari Aster dealing with shit. Like, like like this maybe this is like a very like, personal I, film yeah but like i don't like that yeah. i like i like him no let, let me take a step back i like when the director doesn't just tell you no this is what how you should take this like i like right. being able to that's i think part of art is like yeah. how do you interpret this that i like yeah. i don't like when a director just throws his like subconscious at the screen right and says like here i've made because like you can't and, and i feel like it's very much like a third movie thing to do especially yeah. like when your first two movies are hits yeah uh hereditary and then midsummer um and then it's like well i've done these much more like narrative super successful uh somewhat edgy like definitely edgy but also safe in terms of storytelling movies now i'm just gonna like do this crazy thing that's avant-garde and whatever like i i don't like that unless it's done well i don't think this is done well right Ugh. I uh I some of my my problems with it. One, I thought the ending just it was just very abrupt. It just kind of left me going, okay. So um I agree with and I, I I'm I'm not super familiar with Kafka, so so you know, maybe uh for me but even that, I still didn't care much for that ending. Um I thought what, the, so the, the ending as in like the trial? The trial part, yeah. That I is really... so so I do know Kafka and I'm telling you, it's not even like derivative isn't even the right word. It's like basically a knockoff. Uh, yeah. because it's like the trial is a Kafka novel and Kafka-esque yeah. the term means like you're you constantly feel prosecuted and persecuted and um like this sense of guilt even at guilt and shame I know those are different things but even if you haven't done anything wrong I mean that's what the metamorphosis is about where at yeah. the end of metamorphosis he turns into this bug and at the end he just hears his family talking about how like how terrible he is even though he hasn't done anything that he wants to just die yeah. And in the trial, he's being prosecuted for a crime. Like they never tell him his crime, but he just right. eventually gives in and just admits to guilt. Yeah. And that's what happens here. And Bo is afraid. We don't actually know why Bill, like, do we know why Bo was such a shitty son? Right. Right. Why, why like she hated him? Like, I mean, they mess with him. First of all, like he lives in squalor and his mom is rich. Yeah. Yeah. You would think, and that's surprised me. Like, he's constantly like things are constantly out of his control. And maybe that's right. one of my biggest issues with this is the lack of control that mm -hmm. he has. Yeah. And um, we're just supposed to watch him suffer without having any, like, like without, like it's okay to watch characters suffer. Sometimes you root. I mean, that's kind of the fun of like a John wick movie, for instance, where death 
you know, you're watching people get shot in the head over and over, but it's like, oh yeah, but they're bad guys. Right. Like they're suffering, but they're bad guys. Like, well, we don't know what he's done wrong. Right. So uh, something that I think kind of, I kept with me when, when I walked into the theater watching for the first time was um, Ari Aster said that uh, he described it as a nightmare comedy. So I was like, Right off the bat, I was like, okay, this is not going to be because, because I mean, like, 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 I, I agree with you, like, to, to an extent. It's like, yeah, like, he doesn't, like, he just suffers constantly. There's no, like, arc. There's no, like, and, and, and there's no reason to it. At the same time, it's like, to me, like, that's still kind of like an element of classical storytelling to some extent that this film seems purposefully avoiding. So to me, it's like, okay, I like it, it, it it's hard for me to, to, to judge it where it's like, yeah, he's not even trying to be, you know, uh, traditional in any form. So I'm like, yeah, all right. It's just crazy shit. And also, like, I thought he succeeded for the most part. And like, it, it was very nightmarish of like all this shit's happening beyond your definitely. control. Yeah, it's definitely so, nightmarish. Yeah. But I mean, I so there are, whether it's a novel or whether it's a movie or a show, mm -hmm. um, you ever heard, they actually say it perfectly in, um, Always sunny in Philadelphia. Dennis goes like some sort of tell dreams. Like, look, look, unless I'm in it or someone's having sex, I don't care. Like, I don't want yeah. to hear about your dreams. The same. So movies and novels, dream sequences, and I've written them. And oh. in my first novel, dream sequences oh. come up and I hope I did them well. But right. I think dream see it, it's a it's a gamble. Dream sequences and like drug induced sequences, tripping yeah. or drunkenness. Like sometimes it is done so poorly right. and it's just annoying and it's tropey. And sometimes it's really interesting. And really, um, and and very uh, informative or entertaining, even. But it's a gamble. Yeah. So if you're gonna make it a three-hour movie on <laughs> on a nightmare, yeah. like I think, like you're gambling, and I don't think this was well done because yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, are you trying to punish your audience? Like, what did we do? Like, I I just I don't get it because I don't like the idea that. Um, no matter what Bo does, right, yeah. is wrong. Right. No matter what he does. Yeah. Usually he's trying to do the right thing. Like he yeah. tries to stop that girl from drinking paint and she does and she dies. He tries. He gets blamed for it. Yeah. He gets blamed for it. And then he has this psycho, um, the war veteran chasing after him. It was funny that he, like, I did like that the war, like we went to war with Venezuela and we had all these like, uh, you know, so, like we had soldiers in Venezuela and he was a veteran of that war. Yeah. Um, just kind of maybe foretelling we'll see i doubt we'll ever invade venezuela but who knows um but uh that that's just what i don't like about it it's it's like okay how's bo gonna get screwed next and right. it's a nightmare i mean you said it yourself apparently rs a nightmare comedy it, i don't think it was funny i thought i thought it was pretty hilarious i laughed quite a bit you thought you did i did not yeah. find it funny i thought the beginning I thought the beginning of the movie is actually really good. And I liked yeah. where it's going. I love the naked guy just going, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Like, again, I remember that the news, the, there's that news report that at yeah. the beginning where he's watching it and he goes, uh, there are reports of, of, of a nude man uh, uh, running around uh, the city, <laughs> yeah. stabbing people in the guts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I think the movie turned for me after he gets hit by the truck Yeah. and he goes to Nathan Lane and I think her name's Amy Ryan's house. Um, I liked that they kind of because that atmosphere was getting so chaotic, yeah, uh, with all the like people chasing him and the homeless people breaking his apartment. And I'm like, okay, that was kind of a fun setup, but now, like, let's get on path here, let's like create an adventure or something. Yeah. And it just kind of that unraveled into him again on the run again. I don't really like, like, there was like the play 
within the movie, but then becomes that was too long. real. I, like, I didn't care for that. Yeah, and I'm like, what's the even? I think even people with positive reviews were like, there's this totally tangential play where it's like his whole life flat, but it's like not his life. Yeah, it's like he a different children, and yeah. and then it's like, why does Parker Posey die after she fucks him? Yeah, no. Like, look, okay, that's cool. Like, fine, someone died. Like, for instance, in American Horror Story season three, one of my favorite ser- one of my favorite seasons of any show. It's the it's the coven one in New Orleans. One of the girls, the guys die when they have sex with her, and it's because she's a witch and she has some power. Or like that's somewhat explained. So yeah. it's not like I'm like, it's like okay, but why does she die? Right. When could like just to punish him more? Yeah. Just for guilt. Just like this is the love of his life. The girl he's committed his like longing for. I think like saving doesn't he like save himself for her? Mm-hmm. But he's never had sex, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. And then she dies. <laughs> I don't like why again. I thought that was funny. I thought it was just like, just like this brutally dark irony just throughout that. I thought it was, it was actually pretty funny. Um, yeah, I thought that play scene was, was uh, way too fucking long. Um, it was cool for a little bit for the first couple of minutes. I was, All right. This is a weird little sequence. All right. And then it, it felt like it went on for like 40 minutes. It was like if a whole, they like might've, if they went from him on the run, let's say, uh-huh to his mom's house yeah and threw some action in there right something like that i might have liked this movie right you're right that middle part was so bad and it was so like again this movie is literally three hours in one minute i believe yeah yeah Yeah. why why is this movie three hours long yeah yeah uh and i don't know man i'm not like i don't like if I mean maybe like okay so what are some other David Lynch movies or shows where they're similar to those like I've seen some of um what's uh Twin Peaks Twin Peaks I do want to rewatch Twin Peaks actually I, I think I started a while ago and I, I don't watch a few episodes but I loved what I was seeing like I like yeah. I just kind of fell off I think I was in law school um like what are some other David Lynch movies that this would be akin to um Eraserhead um, yeah, Holland Drive yeah that's um, on my list also uh wild at heart okay. um did he do blue velvet he did blue velvet yeah yeah and even then i feel like that's a, that's one of his more like con- like straightforward conventional type movies it's still pretty weird yeah uh, but it's still like okay it's got a beginning middle and end it's got a guy who's got like a goal i like and, don't do i like yeah. weird i even like yeah. avant-garde i like those something where it's like your actions matter like there, there's conflict. The conflict can't just be you're screwed no matter what. Yeah. Like, I mean, so I guess like even slashers where it's like you make the slightest mistake. Oh, you had sex and you're 17. Okay. You're dead now. Yeah. Like at least there, there's somewhat, even if it's completely illogical and evil, there's yeah. like some really like the final girl, like she doesn't have sex or they make mm-hmm. the right decisions. They don't split up. They don't go to the attic or whatever it is. Like there's something there. Here's like, no matter what he does, he's tortured. Yeah. I know, and I thought it was funny. I thought it was. I was laughing throughout most of it. Okay, I didn't. I just didn't find it funny. Yeah. Maybe that was it. Maybe I found it funny, but I think besides the beginning, with some of the just absurdities of how horrific his neighborhood was, which was pretty funny. Uh, I thought. I oh, thought that part was probably honestly 
like the strongest part of the movie because yeah like that, that beginning yeah. sequence before he gets hit by the car it's like <laughs> yeah there's on, like that, the, the the group of like homeless people and it's like the same like five or six of them and there's like there's one dude who's like dancing like some gay guy who's just, like <laughs> yeah. dancing and then, yeah like, then, but then he gets he's got to get stabbed to death yeah but I, I like how like no matter like he opens the window like that same group of people is just still there doing their, their the one guy thing. always chases him to his apartment like yeah, yeah that was funnier when like there's a guy I think it was a guy who's going to jump off a building and they're all like cheering him on. Right. Like, like, yeah, I'm like, Oh, like, you're right. Like I liked the beginning of that, but again, that's like 30 minutes of a three hour movie. Yeah. Yeah. And did you yeah. catch this? There were, I thought, and it seemed pretty intentional. It's that there were two references mm -hmm. to two other Ari Aster movies. Did you, did you notice any similarities at all? Doesn't what are, does he only have two other movies? Yeah. Yeah. Well, two other feature length films. But two yeah, other yeah. feature. Are these so this is a Midsummer and a Hereditary. Yeah. No. I, I thought don't. the scene where he was walking up the attic, you know, the the, the penis monster reveal, seemed yeah. like just the way it was lit and the like way hereditary. it was shot was was so much so similar to the the, the scene. And I don't know, like maybe this is. And, and 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 you know maybe this is him being even more self-indulgent because I, I will admit it was a very self-indulgent movie maybe this is him sort of like hey this is me referencing my own work but like the, the scene where he's going up the attic and then he and, but instead of seeing like you know a headless corpse in this whole like satanic thing he sees a penis yeah. monster there's that yeah. and then the other scene okay. during the trial where somebody i think he was like his his lawyer gets thrown off of like the cliff but off the ledge and he lands on the oh. rock and then his face oh, smashes. Yeah, like midsummer yeah midsummer, yeah okay i didn't catch those but yeah you're, you're probably I, I actually thought i mean i also love that actor who plays her lawyer i forget his name he's really good mm. um he's uh i don't know he's like a character actor and a lot of stuff but right. he, he usually plays kind of a stereotypical jewish jewish guy like a he's in um an episode of documentary now about co-op it's like a musical um which is coincidentally based on the show my fiance is in now about the original run in the 80s which was like a total flop <laughs> got like oh, yeah. yeah now this run is ex extremely successful but that run it famously flopped it's like known as sondheim's biggest flop ever in like the early 80s anyway um he plays a doorman in it and he's funny oh. and he plays like other character actors but he's playing like the lawyer he's really he, like he's good again like the performances like joaquin phoenix was good yeah it's not like he was bad he's walking yeah. he gives a it's just i couldn't like again he's just gonna ask what like one more time yeah like i felt so bad for him and I'm all for it. I mean, if you want to make a movie about, like life is suffering, I'm all for that. That's fine. Yeah. But I mean, my God, give us something here. Like give us get like the movie silence or something. Is I think one of the best examples of this. I know I, I love that movie. It's a Scorsese movie. I mean, there's like some hope in it, some redemption, like there's nothing in this movie. And, I, and I'm sorry. Like, I don't need to see your like Jewish mothers, like the trauma you have from having a Jewish mother and you talking yeah. to your, I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, now that you say that, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that the therapist in the movie, uh, like, commits the worst crime a therapist can make, which is, like, recording your sessions and showing them to the people that you're, like, trying to work out in therapy. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, Ari Aster has been through plenty of therapists. Like, I don't need that shit turned into a three-hour movie. That's yeah. for you to work out on your therapist's couch, not for, like, I mean, not that I paid any money for this. I, yeah. I, I rented it, but um, at the library. But uh, like that's not something that people should have to pay like fifteen dollars to go see in a theater. 
Well, I was, I, I think I got my, I, got, I think I got too much of my money's worth. <laughs> I'm going to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and there were a lot of brilliant touches. I don't think it all came together as well as I liked, but um, there were a lot of great, like, um, sort of like pretty bold, daring uh, cinematic strokes. So, I mean, like the movie opens with a birthing sequence from like the POV of a baby. I'm like, holy shit, I've never yes, seen the movie that's, before. Yes, that cool. that's cool. Again, this is a big, like this is a now a very um, successful director with I'm sure a big budget. He can afford people like, like, yes, of course that stuff, but I give a lot more, you know, I guess my focus tends to be more on things like storytelling yeah. and, you know, plot. And yes, I care about like directing obviously and i care about lighting and color palettes and all that stuff like the more money you have like it's easier to do yeah like it, it well, just I mean, is it, it wasn't just i'm not talking so much like the, the budget i'm just just saying like the idea of like i've just never seen the a baby's pov being born like the, just the idea of like holy shit seen like, that? i feel like that's been done before no from from the baby's perspective yeah. being born yeah like seeing the light I feel like that's been done before, but maybe not. I, maybe. I, I don't know. It was maybe cool. I saw it on a big screen, but I thought like I... even again, even the even the side quest he went on, whatever yeah. that like surreal within a surreal play thing, like that looked cool. It's it a great style, great. But... Yeah, yeah, but it's like okay, like I don't, I don't know. I, I like yeah. I, I care more about well, how does this play into this character story? What's the yeah. adventure here? What's the conflict? Like that's the stuff. I tend to care more about of course i also care about act like bad acting's the worst bad writing is terrible but mm -hmm. this is ari aster this is joaquin phoenix and patty lapone like I, I expect it that stuff like nathan lane fantastic actor i saw another movie that i'm reviewing next that i fucking hated sorry <laughs> trying to curse that nathan lane is in um oh. but uh I, I still think he's a fantastic actor there's a handful oh. of actors that have earned my like again not that they give a shit but like i've earned my like i will watch whatever they're in. like i'll watch any nathan lane movie i'll watch any walking phoenix kathy bates nick cage like i just watch a stinker of a movie with nick cage i'm gonna watch the next nick cage movie yeah. like i, I it's, that's just what i'm gonna do because yeah. they've earned it and and i love these actors even in bad movies they can be good and yeah. they can bring something to the table but um i don't know man this this really put me off what's his next movie is something metropolis is he redoing Metropolis? I don't think so. Not that I know of. Uh, Ari Aster? Yeah. Am I wrong about that? You could be thinking of Robert Eggers, who's re remaking Nosferatu. No, it's not that. Uh, Edding yeah, I don't... Eddington? What the hell is Eddington? Who is doing Metropolis? Hold on, real quick. Metropolis remake. Did I just make this up? Am I just willing this into existence? Remake scrapped. Oh no! Scrap before shoot. Oh, this was last year. Oh, you know, I'm not going to look into all this. I just swore this was a Ari Aster. Um, hmm. no. right. never mind. This is bad. This is bad radio. I could have swore this was happening. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of something totally different. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, that's that's enough. I, I'm right. You're wrong about this. Let's let's move on. Well, you like Barbie, so I did like Barbie. I think Barbie is is good. It's funny. It's also super cringe. I think it's a little something for everyone. The movie's so bad. I haven't even seen it, and it's and I know it's bad. So that's how, how, can how bad you, how it is. Can you, if, it's, if you haven't seen it, how? That's how bad it is, though. It's like it's like oh, it's just like I just woke up like holy shit, Barbie's no, bad. No, it's isn't the it? discourse <laughs> that you don't like, which is actually given us a lot to talk about, which is fun. <laughs> 
and and I like that about movies. Like, I think that's I think that's fun. Like, I, I don't I like, like when people talk about movies. pink movies. I like brown movies. <laughs> I like bi- I like BIPOC movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. So enough of uh, uh, Ben's wrong opinions. Um, Shane Gillis. That, that's a new segment. Ben. <laughs> Ben's wrong opinions. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think I make a big banner, but I, yeah, I don't want to. I'm too tired. All right. Okay, Shane. Shane, Shane Gillis. Gillis. I think Shane. we're both in agreement that we love him. Oh, he's the best. He's so Well, funny. I think he's the worst. I think he's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Shane Gillis. He's great. Um, he's, he's so good. Uh, cancel culture is dead. Yeah, we did it. We did yeah. it, Joe. Kamal Harris, uh, verbal <laughs> meme. Kamal Harris. We did it, Joe. <laughs> Shane Gillis, who was famously fired before starting at SNL, yeah, for yeah. doing, uh, I guess, racist. I guess you call him racist. I don't know. Say racial uh, Chinese impersonations. From what I understand, because the the clip that get that went viral was him and and uh, uh, his podcast uh, partner doing like these really over the top yeah. Asian impressions and and, and uh, like, but here's the thing. From what I understand, I haven't seen the full full like the actual context of it. They were making fun of like white racist white people. Like they were making fun of people who were doing. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's so that's why it was so exaggerated. Oh. So th- th- that's the full context. They, they were just like, hey, this is rip on Asians. It was like, that, let's make fun of. Well, you have to remember though that that happened at a time when context didn't matter. I know. Yeah. Like, like yeah. it didn't matter, um, and that time sucked. And that's how we met. Uh, when this was like 2020, 2021. I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, this is a hell of a comeback, though. Uh, oh, so yeah, I mean, did we bury the lead? He's oh, yeah, he's, he's uh, hosting SNL, yeah, which is hilarious. Which he said, so uh, you know, put a ha- have some ha- have the police ready. He said, if he ever hosts SNL, he'll kill himself during the monologue. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see if he uh pulls the trigger, so to speak. Um, there was uh, uh, so uh, uh, this is from an article, this is from uh, the Spectator. Um, which does uh, some good work. They, yeah, uh, um, they, uh, uh, so, so, so the article is Shane Gillis and the year cancel culture dies. Um, so towards the end here, it's a funny little reference. Uh, uh, there, there is just one wrinkle in summarizing his status as who's back of the week. Barstool Sports' Dan Katz noted that Gillis does have to navigate around the uncomfortable fact of promising in 2019 that he, if he ever got to host the show, he'd pull a Bud Dwyer in his monologue. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Bud Dwyer, for those of you who don't know, I think we've talked about him. We've mentioned him before. Have we? Oh, okay. He was a, a, a politician from politician. Was Pennsylvania or something. Oh, or, I thought it was Texas, but it might have been. I, I uh, no, it was somewhere a little more north. I think more Midwest type area. Gotcha. But anyway, um, uh, he was uh, a politician in the early 80s um, who got caught in, I think, a bribery, bribery scandal or some kind of mm. scandal. And um, he went on uh, live television, and uh, he like he he, he, got, he got like a press uh, conference ready, and he shot himself in front of everybody. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason he did that. Oh, you're right, Pennsylvania. He's a house rep. Yeah, Pennsylvania. And uh, the reason he he did that was because if he'd have been removed from office, then his family would not have gotten the benefits um, or like pension or whatever. So that's why if he'd have died while still in office, then his family would have would have gotten those benefits or whatever gotcha wait if he died i mean if he was removed from office if he was removed from office then his family would not have gotten those benefits. right right. so that's why he shot himself while still technically in office so that way his family benefited from his family man but here's the thing uh apparently uh the guy who um uh uh 
you know, like you got the investigation investigation going so that that he lied, like de- years or decades later. Wait, um, so he he lied about accusing him Bud Dwyer of whatever. The so thing was, was did Bud Dwyer do anything wrong? Uh, apparently, or at least it was not as bad. It was as he was accused of, but I guess it looked so oh. bad that he was that he just, suicide seemed a better way out. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know all the full details. I mean, that's just yeah. kind of like, but anyway, that's that's the thing that the referred. You, you to. win some, you lose some. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I hope Shane Gillis does not uh, follow through on that. No, of he's course. He's a jokey not. boy. He's a jokey he's boy. So he's he's very funny. I listen to uh, Gillian Keeves, um, his his podcast, and he's actually I'm actually finishing a Rogan episode with with uh, Keeves, who's his mm. co-host. Um, they're both very funny. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Shane is he's. Would you say he became famous because of his Trump impression or that was definitely a huge part of it. But I mean, that, you know, um... the thing about him, though, he yes, I think while there were many, many, many Trump impressions for a while, his is one phenomenal and two, like he likes Trump. So it's not like making it's not making fun of Trump. It's more like um, just kind of talking about how absurd Trump is and how like funny he can be because Trump is like very funny. Even like yeah. people who don't like him are like, yeah, he's very funny and charismatic. And, but, and that's the thing. Cause he, he's not like a Trump supporter as far as like, he doesn't care about his, he doesn't say anything about his policy. It's just him as a person. He's like, he's a, he's a crazy guy. He's a fun mm, dude. So. I, I think I, I, I would bet my life savings that Shane's voting for Trump. Now, I don't what, know. I a hundred percent think so. Really? What makes yeah, you think that? I, I mean, has he said anything? The way, about yeah. He's like very, I think I think Shane's like very conservative, like like in a lot of ways. I listen to his podcast. I know I, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying I don't think he's like a MAGA guy. Like he right. died in the wall that but like he definitely hates Biden. He yeah. has a lot of conservative viewpoints. And there's unless he goes RFK, which he might, um, I would definitely think that he's voting for Trump. Maybe uh, it was just right after the SNL thing, he went on Andrew Yang and he, he, he didn't go on like, like, like a full on like anti-Trump rant or anything, but he, mm. he did not speak highly of him as a president. Um, mm. But I don't, but again, I don't know. But if anything, I, I like the ambiguity. Like I like where it's like, you know, I've yeah. mentioned before where it's like, he's like, he's got like a red state delivery, but he knows how to cater to a wider audience. It's not just totally. like, it's not just like, yeah. Cause he's from, he's from like, southeast-ish pennsylvania but not like immediate philly suburbs like more harrisburg area mechanicsburg yeah and um he's definitely from like red parts of pennsylvania but he's lived a lot in philly and new york and um you know he kind of used it like what he he loves saying you know he brings up trump and people boom he's like all your dads voted for trump and then they laugh like the brooklyn audiences and stuff like that and um i don't like you're saying okay went on andrew yang like okay but who's your audience there like andrew yang doesn't like trump Um, I think it's more of, I think it's more telling when he's on Rogan or when he's on, on his own podcast and just shooting the shit. Yeah. I I would be very surprised if he didn't Now he might never admit to it, right? but you can just kind of tell, I'd be very surprised if he didn't vote for Trump again. You don't have to like, it's not always like who you like it's well, he really hates Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Like really hates him. Yeah. Um, as do I, but I will not be voting for Trump because um, I'm voting for RFK. I actually, you know what? I, I take back my life savings thing. Cause I could see, definitely see him voting for RFK. Mm. I know Keeves yeah. loves RFK. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, anyway. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, I'm glad that he, uh, and it's cool because he knows how to appeal to a wide audience without, like, 
being bland. Like he still has such a like unique yeah. delivery and style. Um, he knows how to kind of push the boundaries without like you know going over the top and be, being just like a straight up like right wing comedian. Like yeah, yeah he's, he's oh he's, definitely he's any any just over like overtly political comedian is not funny. Yeah, um, we saw a ton of the liberal anti-Trump side of that. Yeah, basically since Trump's been around like kind of peaking in 2018, 2019, like, I mean, turn on any late night TV. It's yeah, just yeah. so cringe and bland, but like right wing, like I followed some kind of right wing comedians too. And mm-hmm. while I think there are good, like Lou Perez, I think is a good one. I don't know if he yeah. would say he's right wing, but right. kind of like making fun of um, the absurdities and the craziness of uh, progressives of the yeah. Brits. I, I think that's <clears throat> easy and, and funny. Yeah. Um, you know, owning the libs is always funny to me, but like there were some that I follow. It's like, this is just mean. Yeah. Like, this isn't comedy. This is just like, I don't, basically I don't like comedy. That's just like point and laugh at the freaks. Yeah. Whether I do think they're freaks or not, like, that's sure. not comedy. I, I think yeah. Milo would do that sometimes. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Got, it's just like, look at this trans, like this not by non binary bipod whatever it's like yeah okay but that's not funny like exactly make a joke out of it like you could there are ways to be funny with it but and so i don't like that either adam carolla is, is kind of like that and it's funny because oh, like, he's yeah. yeah i mean I, he's a talented comedian but there was one bit and this is where he was he, he had a show for a bit on the daily wire but there was one sketch or one one set that he was doing where he was just talking about how yeah, he was ripping on woke people, but he just kept he kept calling him the uh, 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 the no woke joke man or, or the the can't take a joke woke guy. But he just kept saying it. It's like, okay, I get it. You don't like woke people, like yeah. so like over the top. So you now you can't say this. Now you can't say that because Mister No Woke Joke Guy. It's like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah, that's fair because because that's because he's a boomer and yeah, yeah. and I saw um I always forget his goddamn name, but a comedian in AC and he was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And I like he was in. Do you ever watch the Louis show? Just called I, Louis with Louis CK. Yeah, not Lucky yeah, yeah. Louis, just Louis. Yeah, he's yeah. Guy, I, I watched a little bit of that. He's the guy who in that episode he go like he, he's like opening for Louis and he's like really crass. His lights his farts on fire and he like, goes take an upper decker, <laughs> cracks his <laughs> open and dies. Do you remember that episode? I don't remember that one. No. Oh, so it's that comedian and he's funny. Like he has a good delivery. Yeah. He kind of has like a monotone, but but then he like. He like wrote a book with his son. It's just like him, and he. This is his words. He's like, "Oh, it's just me and my son complaining about like this was I think before woke was a term or any of that. This was like 2018, 2019. Yeah. So like it wasn't really in the zeitgeist yet, but um, yeah. or as much was like just kind of complaining about I guess progressive people. It's like, I, dude, I don't just as much as I don't want to like watch Ari Aster's therapy notes in three hours in a movie. Like I don't want to hear about you bitching about like." Gen Z people, right, or millenn- right? Like or like millennials. It does. I still when it was like rip on millennials for everything. Like that's not funny. Yeah, I don't know. Like you can make jokes out of that, but like, no, I'm not going to buy your book. This is right. ripping on. And overall, he's like a good comedian, right? Um, but anyway, yeah. And then some right wings kind of do that. It's like it's like oh, I see you guys don't like this thing. I'm going to just complain about it. Yeah. And that's the same as like SNL clapter. Like that's not exactly. original. That's just you're saying the thing I like, exactly. and, and I'm not. I, I'm not paying my money. I'm not spending my time watching your Netflix special. If that's all you're going to give, like even Dave Chappelle's kind of gone to this territory where it's like just preaching yeah, instead yeah. of jokes, instead of bits, like jokes aren't even the right term instead of bits. And yeah. he, and I think he admitted to that a little bit. Like it became yeah. a little too much like complaining about stuff. 
I think some of that, and the last, I'll wrap this up. The last part about this, like, I think when some people get too famous, they get too, um, they become too successful. It's like, well, all those issues that they had that made them um, strive at, uh, you know, the open mics and made like funny interactions with people. It's like, well, you don't have those when you're living in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Like yeah. when you're living in Soho and you get private, like you're not interacting with people. Everyone thinks you're amazing. Like you don't have those same situations. I think this happens with rappers sometimes. Like you're not in the ghetto anymore. Like you're yeah. not, you're not shooting up the place. You're not do, like, what do you say? What do you rap about? Like, that's what was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, Shane is, is, is very good. Shane. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's very good. He's a good boy. Yeah. Shane is uh, very funny. High 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. He has this one bit. I always love where it's like, uh, cause this, like this appeals to, I think a lot of different people where it's like, uh, um, let's just talk about football and like how like football just cures everything. It's like, yeah, football cured racism. Yes. Like, like in Virginia, yeah. they had segregated schools for, for a hundred years and black people and white people hate each other. And then all of a sudden they integrate the team and it's like, oh my God, the varsity team is four and oh, <laughs> those are my brothers. It's like, are you there? Um, yeah, no, I love that one. It, 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 the version of that I heard where, where he was talking was, yeah, okay. In the South, they did a bunch of terrible things. Yeah. Slavery. And, but yeah. then, yeah, yeah, that, that's a great one. I think my favorite one though is um, the special Olympics one. I, I heard that one. It's pretty good. It, it's a, uh, it's it, again like he's so good at like dancing around a taboo subject without like yeah. making fun of it. So it's like yeah, okay, yeah. good. Like that's that's very artful, right? Um, but so it, it, it was like a yeah, the Special Olympics. You know, we can all agree that they're that, that that's a great program. And I'm not making fun of the Olympians, but you got to admit the guy who came up with the idea was a risk taker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <imagine> like, <laughs> like, like you know, a bunch of guys in a boardroom saying, "Hey, I got an idea." How about we raise them? <laughs> <laughs> the, the guys in the next town, they said they, they said that theirs are faster. I said we put this to the test. <laughs> it's yeah, or if your friend cool. told you the, the idea for the Special Olympics, um, you'd be like, dude, don't ever tell this to anybody, it's man. True. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it, yeah, it's, it's that, that, that's it's a great example, I think, of, of you know, standard comedy at its best, where it's like. I'm gonna go right up to the line. I'm gonna yep. make. I'm not making fun of the thing. I'm making fun of yes. the idea of yeah. the thing. So, because um, yeah, it's like you know, it's, it's like he was pointing at people in wheelchairs and laughing at him. Like, no, I'm making fun of the no, idea. No, of course like, not. Yeah, and that is funny. It's like the guy thought of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he could have gotten ostracized real quick. <laughs> what yeah. the hell's the matter with you? I said we race them. <laughs> I said we settle this. <laughs> See who's our faster. That's but, that's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Shane Gillis is good. Um, yeah. and I like how he's um, uh, he's still a very he still, still seems like a very down to earth guy. Like he went on um, who's that other comedian? Uh, he's the Flagrant Podcast. Um, what's his name? Flagrant. Yeah, the Flagrant Podcast. He's he's got like the sort of like um, East Coast dude. I can't remember his name. Uh, he's pretty famous, but he, I know he kind of blew up with like TikTok comedy videos during the pandemic. Is it a Santino? Not Santino, but getting oh. close. Somewhere like he's definitely like, like part of Joe Rogan's. Yeah, circle. that's what I'm naming. Giannis Papas. No. Mm -hmm. uh, um, anyway, it'll. I feel like I'm missing someone. Uh, not Santino, but someone along those lines. Well, um, anyway, what what about him? Um, I I think he's a good comedian, but I think uh he's he's become very full of himself. Um, oh. Uh. 
I'm looking up now. Now I want to know. Uh, he's young got like guy? a sort of young, oh. probably like mid thirties. Wait, is he like kind of like dweeby? Like his one of his shticks is like he's kind of like a skinny nerdy guy, but he's really good at jujitsu. Actually, not really. No, no, no. no. Um, Joe List, not Joe List. No, not Joe no, List. God, I hope not. He's, he does not come off that way at all. So I hope no. Not. Fuck, I I'm on I'm on the YouTube thing. It's just not saying his name. Uh, uh Savannah, I gotta have an about. What's his name? Not uh, a, not not the southern guy. No, not southern. Uh, uh, oh my god, dude! Flagrant podcast. Flagrant, flagrant podcast. Andrew Schultz. Oh, Andrew Schultz. Yes. Damn, I knew I was gonna. Okay. Yes, that's exactly. Oh, he he's he's kind of full of himself. He's he's a funny guy. I think he's a very talented comedian, but I think like his podcast. Uh, he's, yeah. he, he, I don't know. I, I I don't like his format because he's kind of like the ringleader, and he's got three other guys, and they're all just kind of like his butt buddies. They all just mm. kind of laugh at what he says. So I, um, but uh, he's he's gone kind of Hollywood. He's he like he dresses you know like very nice and everything, and, and he's kind of snobby now. And and but Shane Gillis mm. was on the show, and then Schultz asked me, he goes, hey, so what's like now that you're 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 more well known and famous and everything? What's like your like like the, the thing where you're just like, yeah, I'm not doing the blue collar. I'm not doing like. The middle class thing. I'm doing. Like, I'm. I'm spending extra. And then Shane goes like, I don't know. Dude. He goes, well, are there clothes? Like, are there fancy clothes that you like to buy, or like certain types of food you like to eat? And he goes, I don't know. I just. I, I just drink Bud Light. I. I wear the exact yeah. same pants. Yeah. I just. I wear the same sneakers all the time. Yeah. Goes, okay. What's one thing? He goes, I. I fly first class yeah. once in a while when I can. But it was just sort of like he's, yeah, he's still yeah. just kind of like this blue collar dude. Like I drink regular beer he's, and I. Yeah, he's not. He's not fake. Like he doesn't seem. He doesn't seem fake at all. Uh, but he's that, so good at p- putting people in their place. Like he 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 kind of very calmly shuts people down when they yeah. start getting kind of full of themselves. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's a good guy. I like him. Yeah. Well, he's gonna. So he's hosting SNL. I think in two weeks. Yeah. Twenty first, maybe or whatever that Saturday is. Man, I can't. We we should comment on. I I I'm sure it's gonna be a killer. Uh, opening monologue. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to watch. Like it's yeah. smart. I bet you this is gonna be the biggest ratings they've had in a while. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Like, did you yeah. did did you see Norm Macdonald's return after you got canned? Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> he, he like, I I, I was jaw dropping. Yeah, he ripped into them. Uh, yeah. and he was talking about how like you know the show wasn't the same after him. And he goes, and I thought, well, did and did I just stop being funny? No, the show just got really really bad. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, yeah yeah uh, he was great um, yeah no well no there was unmatched oh yeah so shane goes he better rip into them and, and like i hope so i think he might be too nice maybe uh yeah i i think he might be too nice i don't know but, but the heat's on that's the thing like like if he does like 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 just like an average thing it's kind of like uh come on i hope he rips into like the usual viewers yeah. like the people who sit there and clap at the dumb trump yeah. stuff and like the typical i i hope he rips into them yeah. i hope and i hope he rips into like the people who were vocal about canceling him yeah and, yeah. and that would be like i don't know was bone yang big in that because he was like the only asian cast member at the time mm. i don't know i can't even name the people on that show anymore yeah yeah so yeah, good for Shane Gillis. Well, speaking of uh, cancellation, people, yeah, people who got canceled. Yeah, we'll touch on this. Gina Carano. Yeah, um, this came like when this came back up. I was like, oh crap! Like that's right, that did happen. I need, I need kind of a refresher. 
Yeah. So Gina Carano uh, was on the show The Mandalorian, which is a Star Wars show. And it's on Disney Plus, and uh, she yeah. got canned for for posting a lot of. She, she's pretty right wing. She's been posting a lot of like mm -hmm. um, uh, stuff that's critical of like you know trans activism and and um, stuff like that and and uh, uh, COVID vax stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I guess if that's right wing, like it it is and it isn't. It's kind of just like standard stuff but yes for the internet for twitter and for disney yeah i guess it's very right wing yeah yeah so she got canned uh for that um so now she's suing them for i guess like wrongful termination or something and elon musk is uh footing the bill it seems like yeah so that's cool and that like i realized if i had elon musk money or not even elon musk money because no, no one does but like a lot of money like money that i could fund like i would do two things um I would give money to projects that I liked, like to help, you know, uh, like whether it's small businesses or artists, like I would definitely be like a literal patron. Like, I love that idea. I'm very, yeah. I like this romantic idea of like in the middle ages and in the Renaissance, like paying to have work create and not, not just like the Medici's like created cities and like yeah. that kind of, I don't mean like in my own private collection. I mean, for public good. And also yeah. I would fund lawsuits left yeah. and right for yeah. causes that I cared about. Yeah. Um, so I like that. I don't know enough. I know that she made like a dumb, but like pretty standard Nazi comparison right. about like the Holocaust. Like just, it's like, yeah, like we've said it <clears throat> on the show a thousand times. We had the Nazi jar. Like Gina Carano would probably be in the Nazi jar, to be honest. Um, like, yeah, it's dumb to compare things to the Holocaust. Like very, very, very few things yeah. are the same as being a Jew during the Holocaust or any of the many other types of people who were, um, imprisoned during the Holocaust and killed and tortured. So that being said, it was like, but other people at Disney were having wild takes and crazy shit and didn't, did not get fired. It was very much like she was fired for her speech, like political yeah. speech, yeah. not threatening anyone, not harassing anyone, but it's like a dumb me. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so I, I have, um, uh, her statement about the matter uh, on yeah. on Twitter here. I'll, I'll read a little bit. It's, it's kind of long, but I'll, I'll also read a couple sections here. But um, um, look at your own eyes at what I posted and ask yourself, for example, where did I compare Republicans to the Jewish people in the Holocaust? I didn't. Ask yourself why they were calling me a racist. Was there any merit behind that or history of it whatsoever? No. Look, look at, at why I was called a transphobe for making droid noise, noises from Star Wars. Beep. Oh, that's right. Because she, she had like the pronouns in her bio, but it was oh, beep, yeah. bop, boop. Um, was obviously right, right. directed to the online bullies and did not in any way den denigrate transgender people. It's like, yeah, it's, she's just saying some dumb things, but it's like, yeah, it was like, like the standard, like milk toasty, uh, what's heterodoxy word? type shit. Yeah. Like that was very, what, when did this happen? Was this 2020? When were these tweets? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, she brings up a good point here. Hollywood says they support female representation and equal rights. Why then were my male co-stars permitted to speak without harassment and re-education courses or termination, but I was not afforded the same right to exercise my freedom of speech? I mean, first of all, just the fact that we're just like, yeah, you get your job back if you have to, you, but you got to take the sensitivity course. <laughs> like, yeah, well, stupid. all of that, all of that crap's nuts. I'm, I'm for just fighting back in general. Now, I don't know the merits of her case. Yeah. Um, you know, she was on some contract, you know, obviously, I mean, I guess it is, she would have been unionized, right? Like, I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm sure the union didn't help her. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, you know, I shouldn't make that assumption. Um, I don't, I don't know, but uh, you know what? Good. Like I, I'm, I would, 
I'd like to see this be a positive outcome for her. I hope she gets a payout um, because the this was that time. Did you find when those tweets were from? Did you see? It? Uh, no. Okay. So like, um, so I'm just gonna assume that they were 2020. Uh, I would just like that time to me was so disorienting, and I I've honestly felt like I was going crazy at sometimes because uh, every like everything was going in one direction. It was so. It was like scary to like, is something going to resurface? Am I going to say the wrong thing? Am I going to get pilloried? Am I going to get dogpiled? Like, and I want there to be a reckoning to that reckoning to that yeah. quote unquote racial. I want there to be a reckoning to that. It's like, no, you don't get to just ruin people's lives for tweets yeah. for putting something in your bio. Again, she wasn't threatening anyone. She didn't sexually assault anyone. She didn't harass it. Like it was just making some memes and you don't get your like, and I, I, I'm sorry, I don't buy the argument. I never did. It's like, oh well, they're rich. They'll get a new job. They'll get like they're fine. It's like, no, that's not how it works. Like you don't right. just get to decide that. Right. Like, like that's not like the, the. This is also to protect the people who aren't rich. We don't exactly. just get like the person who's holding the boom mic who makes that meme, or the person who's the key grip who who makes that um makes that you know put thing in their bio. Like it's to protect everyone. So yeah. I, I don't give it, it. It was the same thing with the argument of like, oh, well, Target, they've got insurance. They've got, it's like, so what? It's okay, but the small business, they're probably going to get screwed. Their premiums are going to go up. Like, and also it's their livelihood. Maybe this business, it's a lot of people even, I mean, I'm not going to defend some corporation here who like like Target, but it's like, I don't know, maybe some people liked going to work and, and, and seeing their friends and have to clean up all your crap and, you know, deal with what you destroyed. Right. And uh, you know, who knows how Target protected them or didn't protect them when they couldn't work because you looted the place. Like, I, it doesn't matter. Like, like, right. like, that, like you, you can't just say like, oh, well, because the effects aren't that bad compared to something else, like it just gets to happen. That's such a, this is like the, the recipe to, to flush it society down the toilet. Yeah. You know, you're right. Like there are a lot of unseen certain, you know, um, effects to someone losing their job overnight for something like this. Sure. Um, that, that, and, and it's funny, you know, like when, when, you know, the, the woke is go on and on about mental health. It's like, yeah, you know, losing your job for a dumb um, comment is, is, yeah. well, is, is a surefire way to fuck up your mental health. It's not so. even, and it's not like losing your job is a lot of times the people don't actually lose their job, but they're dragged through their mud. They're yeah. sent to HR for training. Yeah. They're scolded. They're, um, they're uh, ostracized they're made to feel uncomfortable to the point where it's like should i even work here it's 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 more of like constructive them losing their job like none of that should happen right but, like i'm not saying everyone has to hold hands and sing something it to be but it's like no they are they're, they're completely um like i said ostracized and it, it's, it's effectively having people quit their jobs because right. uh you know you've exposed that you've quote unquote exposed them You've uh, dragged them through the mud, even if legally you can't fire them without facing repercussions. Yeah. Um, you basically do you, like you make their life living hell. You make a, a hostile environment. Yeah, and it's um, you know, like for example, like during the Me Too movement, when you know, when uh, or, or I guess a little more like towards the aftermath of the, the Me Too movement, where there were a lot of like um, false allegations. It's like, mm -hmm. and, and even if that guy didn't lose his job, it's like cool. When you Google his name, you'll see all these headlines saying so and so oh. accused of rape. It's like, dude. Dude, <laughs> I listen to such a good. I love. Do you listen to Blocked and Reported? Ah, uh, sometimes with Kate again. Um, yeah, I, like I was just because as much as I and I and don't get me wrong, and this story will will 
will bolster this is that as much as I hate journalists, mm-hmm. I love good journalists, even oh, if yeah. they're too far between. I was, I was singing Barry Weiss's praises, yeah, I think last episode. Jesse and Katie, this actually episode didn't have Jesse at all. I think he's on vacation or doing, I think he's writing a book or something. Um, so anyway, this was Katie and uh, is it Andy Mills? Are you familiar with Andy Mills? It doesn't sound familiar enough. He was like, I'm not gonna go through the whole episode, you should listen to it though. It's their most recent one where. This is a guy who, um, you know, he's a really interesting story. He's from middle America, Christian, Christian college, moved to the big, you know, moved to the big city, got in media, you know, was very liberal, but, um, you know, kind of lost his religion, was very liberal, started at Radio Lab and worked his way up, eventually worked for the New York Times, right? Yeah. And he made some bad decisions. Like he poured a drink on someone during an argument in a bar, like in, in 2013, he felt horrible about it. He was drunk. He doesn't even remember it. Like, like dumb shit like that. Right. He like rubbed a girl's shoulders because he thought he was comforting her. And like, it's not nothing sexual at all, but he like rubbed her and like all that resurfaced later. And he was also being called like a rapist and a sexual predator to the point that he had to leave the New York Times. And he was like an award winning podcaster. And so it's like when you're saying, well, um, allegations, like, yeah, none of it was true. But it's because he made a couple bad decisions a decade earlier or, you know, eight, nine, seven, eight, nine years earlier. Um, later it's like because there's that kernel of he wasn't perfect yeah that then he's a sexual predator and if the new york times doesn't fire him then we're going to stop you know having your time all that shit because some like random people on twitter just made up allegations and it's like garrison keeler no, it was, okay. well, it's a very similar story. But I, well, it was a very similar story because it happened yeah. all the time yeah, yeah. during this like French Revolution style accusations of yeah. just like, you're you're not one of us. Yeah. You did yeah. something bad this many years ago. You tweeted to like, I, I got in arguments with people would be like the whole and like how the goalposts change. It's like you used to be able to quote a rap song and say the N word. And it was like, oh, yeah, but you're not calling anyone it. There, he's no. saying it like that's I've, I've brought up many times on the show the yo monty at guy at the bar mitzvahs and my friend not wanting to say what nwa stand for and yo monty going well don't worry about it like it's a proper noun you can say it. imagine if that was now we were 13 kids have cell phones now that was record i mean i had a cell phone then but i don't think a video like that was recorded and then you're going to try and get into college yeah five years six seven years later five six years later and someone sends that to you know duke university yeah. Sends that to UT Austin, like you saying the N-word because you're answering a question about what does NWA stand for. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. So the it, it, it's funny because like that story it, it, the one you just told is, is, is very similar to Garrison Keeler. Do you know that story? Garrison Keeler? It sounds one? familiar, but a lot of this stuff sounds familiar. Well, I mean, it, it, it's 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 it, like it, it, it mirrors that story almost perfectly. So he was uh I think he was like a producer or like Prairie Home Companion. And then he he was like a producer for, or, or something. He did something for, for NPR. And then uh, same thing, like, like a handful of, you know, troubling incidents where it's like, okay, you, you go to HR, maybe you have to take a class or whatever. But like it was, but so, but, but there was one case where he hugged a coworker, a female coworker who was, and they were friends, but she was having a bad day. And he, he went to comfort her and hug her. And I guess his, she was wearing a tank top, I guess. So his hand touched part of her bare back. He felt bad. He apologized in the moment. And he even emailed her the next day saying, hey, I'm really sorry. I just want you to know it was, that was not me trying to hit on you. And she forgave him. And then like months later, she accused him of sexual assault. So it's just like. Yeah, dude, that happened <laughs> that happened in the Andy Mills thing, too, where it was like 
every like he realized that some of his actions weren't taken the way he thought they were. He said he had like a he had like a reflective moment. It's like holy crap, I'm not being like I'm. I think I'm acting one way. Yeah, and I'm not. So like I apologize. Everyone was cool with it. The girl whose yeah. shoulders who whose drink I poured the drink on her was, was cool with it. Yeah, you know we 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 were friends. And then it comes up years later because people, we are social animals. Yeah. People like to feel a part of a tribe. They like the power. And he had been su successful, honestly. If he was a nobody, it wouldn't matter. But he had won a war. He did this award-winning podcast uh, about ISIS called The Caliphate that was that was really popular. Um, and then there was some like controversy with that. And it was like, oh, of course. you know. And then race came into it. He's white. And then gender came into it. He's a man. And, like all these things where it's like, oh, and then like, some other reporter got not fired, but you know, reassigned to a less prestigious post at the New York Times. It was like, oh well, because she's a woman of color, you punish her, but not him. And then it was like, oh, and and also he's a sexual predator. It was like it wasn't enough. They had to keep and you had to go all the way to that. And what's crazy to me is he was like, and I had all these people sign this letter against me. Two of them were his roommates. Oh shit. Uh, I mean, my jaw dropped when I heard that. It was like, what? And he was like, yeah, that was not a good day back at the apartment. Yeah. And they were, and but their thinking was, well, what do I have? And this is obviously very self-centered, of course, New York City, you know, probably living in Brooklyn. I think they were living in Brooklyn. I think it's like, yeah, but if I don't sign this, it can hurt my career. And right. you're all like, it doesn't do anything. Like, I'm a nobody. Like, it doesn't do anything to you. So why wouldn't I? And to me, that's like, oh my God, this is like, this is why I say journalists are the worst people around. Yeah. What do you have to lose? You have to lose a friend. Yeah. Like you have to lose someone that you care about. You share a living space with like, that is so, I, I don't know. I just found that like sick. Yeah. And um, uh, anyway, you should definitely listen to the episode. Like Blockchain Report is great. I don't know <laughs> what you would call them. Um. I, they, they like to call like they're about internet bullshit, which is kind of cool. <clears throat> like yeah. they just do deep dives on internet culture, struggles and controversies. And yeah. obviously a journal, they do have a bent sometimes. And I think they've toned it back a little. They tended, they, they've done a lot of transgender stuff, which to me, mm -hmm. a lot of it gets like a little much. I think they've realized that, yeah. um, but that's kind of what their specialties were. They they're both, I would say heterodox. I mean, yeah. either you wouldn't say either of them are Republicans or even Trump's like Jesse's very actually, does not like very against trump but yeah i'm definitely like they catch way more flack from the left um as far as i know yeah both of them pretty left-leaning but like sort of more like old school liberals from like yeah 15 years ago rather than like right you know, modern progressives but, i mean katie uh, had like flyers up to like wanted in seattle because she wrote for a like a progressive alt journal called the stranger and she had like some uh critical trans stuff and they like wanted like she had to, like flee the city yeah, yeah, like, and you know, Jesse Singles has definitely uh, done a lot. You know, just like t talking with with detransitioners, but of course mm -hmm. that that led to a lot of flack from the radical trans activists. Yeah, until and now, and now the New York Times is printing stuff about detransitioners. So it's like, oh, no, like, I saw that. Like, yes, it's like at one time it's like taboo, and you're a Nazi, and you're a right wing, and you're a Putin apologist, and whatever it is. And now it's like, oh well, New York Times is doing it. Like three years later, it's like, but that's why I always say it's like. Like Anna Kasparian now coming out. Like, do you know who that is? The young turf. Yeah, yeah, the young turf. Yeah. yeah, and she's you know, don't call me a, a uterus haver. I'm a woman. Well, that was and that was that was like a year ago, but most recently, like this week, she said something that was like, 
I forget something about the left being crazy and racial and all that. I'm like, well, about four years too late, but welcome to the club. Like, like, exactly. okay, but it's like, now it's okay. Like now you have the young Turks coming out and saying this stuff. And um, I don't know. It's like, well, where were you in 2020? Exactly. Like, yeah. like where were you? Where was the New York times? You know, when all this crazy, like you knew it was going on. Yeah. No, nothing's really changed except now it's like, we're on the, we've been on the right side and our views are like a lot more open. Like, like it's just out there more yeah. because the other side has had to tone it down a lot or quite a, a, because they're nuts. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like you, you remember from a few months back, probably about six months ago, I think it was um, somebody wrote an, uh, an article maybe I think it was in the Atlantic, but it was sort of like um, it, it, it was talking about like, the state of the US, like after like post pandemic, of like, look, we were all kind of crazy. Let's just kind of bury the hatchet. It's like, fuck you. Like, yeah. people lost their jobs. Because, oh, no. Yeah. You know, like, I'm, I, I say, <laughs> oh, I think I respond to that. I go, no amnesty ever. I was like, we, I, was that the one we, we need to give amnesty? That's to? what it was. Yeah. 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 That, that was, yeah, like six months ago or more. I said, absolutely not. Yeah. Like, you wanted us, not us. Like, I was, I, I got vaccinated. Um, some my choice, some not so much. Like you wanted people who weren't vaccinated, people I know, people I love, to be like herded into camps yeah. and forced to be vaccinated, removed from civil society, removed from public transportation and restaurants. Like you would have been, you wouldn't have batted an eye. Yeah, you would have been the good Germans. You would have been yeah. fine with it. Exactly. And now it's like, oh well, you know what? It was a crazy time. It's like no, yeah. no amnesty ever. If I ever encounter something like, I, I will never forgive them because oh. it was so obvious. This was like such brain rot like i would never forgive someone who thought like people who wouldn't get vaccinated are like like should have lost their jobs yeah. should have been removed like absolutely not i have such a, i have such a red line there oh no absolutely I, I'm, I'm with you man and it's like uh it's also just like the internet it's like it's forever it's yeah. uh so you know like the re yeah. we don't need to keep receipts they're right fucking there we just dig them up easily so yeah. like you know don't think that that, that you know if, if you were out there pushing a narrative uh, but you know, like, don't, don't say that, uh, COVID came from a lab. Don't, don't ever question the, the, that's the another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another one. That was like totally fringe. I mean, that's the best example. I think yeah. of like something that went from being, you are spreading disinformation. Yeah. You are a right wing nut. You are, uh, anti-democratic, uh, whatever it is, somehow you're a white supremacist because you're saying, and now it's like very, it's basically proven and more so that a lot of the COVID shit was bull like a lot of it was bullshit. Fauci yeah. said, Oh yeah, the six foot thing that was just made up. Like that uh, I, I just thought uh and that it came from a lab and that we funded it. It's like it's actually the opposite of racist. I'm criticizing a lot more of the Western countries that funded this place. That was so bad that we moved it from I believe Texas or North Carolina to China mm. because they have less regulations. Yeah. Obama correctly shut this down and we moved over there and people like Fauci and other countries and the WHO and they would fund it. So that you're saying that's more racist than criticizing like the cultural wet markets. Right. Exactly. That no, seems it made, worse. It's seems way worse. worse. <laughs> it's way worse. It made no sense. And this is why I said earlier in this episode, but I was saying crazy pills. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? How is that worse? Yeah. Like you're criticizing a cultural thing which I do think is gross, yeah. but like that's much, if anything is going to be racist, it's that. Yeah. Not this globo homo uh, lab in China that's funded by a bunch of Western countries because the the uh, experimenting is so dangerous. Right, right. 
Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Did you see, I think this is from last year, Trevor Noah, basically telling the audience like, yeah, you know, us in, in the media, yeah, we lie, but there was a good reason for us lying, basically. So he's like, you know, so, so for example, yeah. you know, during the during COVID, when when the idea that it came from a lab, like, you know, like, yes, you know, it may very well have come from a lab, but the reason why we had to shut that down was because it was leading to anti-Asian hate. And it's like, you're just saying to our face that you yeah. lied and you're being like, yeah, I yeah. know we lied, no. but it was for Trump, a good reason. Yeah. Trevor Noah can get fucked. And, I hate that guy. And, and it's called the noble lie. And that's what Fauci argued with, which has gone back and forth on, of yeah. masking. It was first, if you remember, masking <laughs> at first was considered uh, bad. Like, don't mask. Yeah. And why did why did they tell us that? Because we needed the masks for the first responders. Yes. Because they didn't trust us. They didn't trust the people that thought we'd hoard masks. I'm sure some people would. But that okay but what about people dying who could have been prevented from a mask and then it was oh you have to mask all the time actually you have to mask you have to double mask and actually you should not do thanksgiving or christmas and double mask and sit in your apartment on your laptop and scroll twitter all day that's what you should do in a mask and um (laughs) and then it was like well masking doesn't really work or and then became basically masking became more of a uh like a symbol like i I, i'm it's a ship it became shibboleth basically but like uh, I, I'm one of the good ones, um, or you're a fucking moron, like what, whatever it is. And I, and what sucks, and I've always said this. I think it sucks that masking up political. Uh, I think masking could, can be good. I always mm-hmm, liked sure. it. And in other cultures, like in Japan, people mask because they don't feel good and they don't want you sick, yeah. and they have to still drive their taxi or whatever. The air quality is not great. Um, I always said I was the only person on my campus in college in 2009 when there's a swine flu going around. Literally the only person who wore a mask. Not that I wore it a lot, but yeah. I was the only mask I saw, and it because it wasn't political. It wasn't anything. Right. Right. Um, so uh, I, I don't know. I think, I think that, so to get kind of brings full circle was the time was so nuts. Yeah. And I don't forgive these people no, these yeah, are people I, who have huge influence and reach and the information was there. And not only was it like, it'd be one thing if it's just like, Oh, we were wrong about this. That's okay. Like people are wrong about shit all the time. Yeah. Own up to it. It was, we're wrong and we're demonizing the people who are actually right. Yeah. Or it's not about right and wrong. It's just, we were just demonizing them. Yeah. And that I will not forget. Absolutely, man. That was a supportive burp. Okay. <laughs> All right. um, well, real quick, just getting back to the Gina Carano thing. I just want oh, to explain yeah. why Elon yeah. Musk is footing the bill for that. A couple of months ago, Elon Musk tweeted that if you had been fired from using the platform for exercising your right to free speech, he would like to offer these people legal representation. Quite the noble offer, but never in my wildest dreams would I have thought anyone would take on my case against Lucasfilm slash Disney. Still, I did respond back. I think I qualify and thousands of people agreed, but I did not expect anything. To my surprise, a few months ago, I received an email from a lawyer who had been hired by X to look into my story and many others. Turns out after sending them as much information as I could gather these past few months, my uh, lawyers and ex believe wholeheartedly in my case and are moving forward. So yeah, good on Elon. He's, uh, he's yeah, good. that's, that's sweet. Um, like, I don't, I don't think Elon Musk is like the white knight. I think he has his own issues. Sure. That being said, uh, we need that counterweight to yeah. the corporate I mean, the, the, the government and the corporate, um, kind of power that there is in this country. Yeah. And if that has to be because we are just so like anti-populist, uh, obviously I'd rather have populist uprisings and populist um, politician, but like that's not really going to happen. Um, maybe one day, but that's not really going to happen. Yeah. Even, if, even if some politicians paint themselves that way, then <laughs> it's nice to have someone who's going to fight back, at least on some of the things that you believe in. Yes. And yeah, I can't stand a lot of the politics that Disney puts out there. Um, 
uh like but like we had that successful boycott of budweiser not that i really drank it anyway i drink miller light but yeah. um but uh you know that i think there needs to be more of that more people speaking out more of like action i i think that's one thing i think the left overplayed their hand way way too much oh, yeah. and it, it got the right to mobilize and that's not always good i'm not yeah. saying that's always a good thing I, I don't believe that but right. sometimes it is i think this is one of them yeah. i don't even know if musk would be considered right wing i don't but he's definitely anti this super progressive corporate and it's also just like such bs too like it's not legitimate yeah. but it does affect real people like at like this d let's call it like the dei um industrial complex right yeah yeah the, the crit complex uh if he's gonna be a fighter if the if the pugilist for our side because i would say i definitely am on that side yeah um, if the pugilist for this happens to be the richest man in the world i'm all for it yeah like, like me like, too man like well yeah I, i'm all for it whether i agree with him on a lot of other stuff um i might not i do on some i think he's he might be a, I don't know he's the richest guy in the world he's he made a lot of great things he also can be a little unhinged sometimes yes. but whatever i'm all for <laughs> him funding lawsuits against these corporations yeah so elon give us money dude and uh, we'll keep talking about you so yes we will oh yeah if you, if you don't <laughs> want to join our patreon you can be a, you can be a, a, a top tier member yeah um, elon I, I think that's the perfect option for you elon yeah, that'd be um, great um and i think um Oh, Elon, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Uh, I had my first tweet, uh, uh, my, and then we'll really wrap up. I had my first tweet flagged in a long time, and I'm like e on Elon's Twitter. It was um, so I watched Dicks the musical. This was the other movie that that Nathan Lane was in, and yeah. while it was funny at first, like it became really kind of gross. Yeah. And again, like okay, like basically, let's let me put it this way: it ends with a uh incestual literally incestual marriage between two gay brothers uh, and it's like yeah that's a lot um yeah. they like 69 each other and spit in each other's mouths and it's like uh no like that's like this would be the kind of movie that they would show at like a conservative summer camp to be like yeah. they're like, like this is what you have to look out for yeah. But what I tweeted was at the end, the final song is called, uh, I don't know what it's called, but like the chorus is like, God is a faggot. That, that's the, that's the final course. Right. And I tweeted, I bet you though. And of course they bring in like the, the people to protest the, and it's comedy, but it's like people to protest the wedding, of course, or like a nun and a priest and like a guy in a cowboy hat. Okay. How about that? How about you show me the Muslims? Yeah, show me yeah. the Muslims who would be like, no, you guys aren't that edgy. Like, that's the thing. If you really want to be edgy, be like yeah. Charlie Hebdo, who's like very, very left wing or rips on everyone or even yeah. South Park. Yeah. they're not left wing but they rip on everyone's like no of course you bring in like <laughs> the redneck and the cowboy hat it was like against the game okay but this is a marriage that you should be against because they're twins yeah like you they usually process in this marriage whether they were straight and they're twins like like that's disgusting so yeah. it's like you're kind of not making the point i think you're trying to make yeah. but also it's like god in the movie is uh gay asian um gayian Gaijin and the final song is God is a faggot and I tweeted I bet you though this upsets more left-wing people than right-wing people because of the word faggot uh, like even though the whole term is like I'm sure people object to God is a faggot it's like yeah but I, I just the way culture is now I see more left-wing people getting upset about the faggot word instead yeah. of the concept that God is a faggot like, like <laughs> so and that got fly but then I, I tweeted at Elon actually I was like yo what like I'm quoting something here yeah like, and then immediately though and i did my little appeal and like 
within, I don't even know, maybe 20 minutes. I was like, oh, we were wrong. Sorry. And they reinstated the tweet. Like oh, that would not happen in old Twitter. I know. I know. Vijaya Gade or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, cool, man. I'm glad you got Elon's attention. So hopefully um, <laughs> you butter him up and yeah. uh, be sure to plug Patreon. And, yep. Uh, so, yeah. All right, everybody. All Find right. The crits. Stay reckless. Stay reckless. Join Patreon while you're finding the crits and staying reckless. Yeah. <laughs>